Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar, the Miriams of the Immaculate Conception here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, and welcome back. It's an honor to have you here with us on EWTN's Living Divine Mercy. The last two weeks, we have been walking you through the Catholic Mass. In fact, line by line, we've been showing you why we do what we do and why we say what we say. And last week, we finished halfway through the Liturgy of the Eucharist, in fact, just after the consecration. So now we're going to return to finish the rest of the Mass, to be able to explain to you what it all means and how important this is in our faith. Now we go on in the next part of the Mass, what is called the Memorial Acclamation. So now after the priest genuflected, he says the, the mystery, mystery of, of faith. Things. This is called the Memorial Acclamation. And it's called a mystery of faith because God has revealed it to us. It's not something we can know on our own. And how do you respond? One selection is, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Where does that come from? 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. It's the exact words almost of Scripture. Now, this is an attachment of the meal to the cross. We eat and we proclaim his death. It is not a reenactment because we have entered into sacred time. God is eternal. Because he is divine, it is always going on. This mystery is ever present in eternity. Then after the memorial acclamation, the priest continues with the Eucharistic prayer. As we mentioned here, the second Eucharistic prayer. The priest extends his hands and he says, therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation. Where does this come from? John 6, verse 51. I am the living bread, the bread of life, which came down from heaven if anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. When we said the prayer was the chalice of salvation. That means to live forever. And the bread which I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Next, the priest continues with the Eucharistic prayer, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. That comes from Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Then the priest says, Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Where does this come from? 1 Corinthians 10, chapter 16. The cup of blessing which we bless is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Remember the prayer said, partaking of the body and blood of Christ. The bread which we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? That's scripture. 
Our Eucharistic prayer talks about partaking in the body and blood of Christ. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Well, that's why we say we are gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Next, the priest prays, Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity. Together with Francis, our Pope, and William, our Bishop, and all the clergy. This comes from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. So faith, hope, and love abide. That's charity. So we say, bring her to the fullness of charity. These three, the greatest of these is love. So we're calling that out in the Mass. We pray for the church that she be filled with love. Next, the priest prays, Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Where does that come from? That comes from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So we said we pray for our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection. The Bible continues saying, for as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. That's why we pray in hope of the resurrection and for all who have died in your mercy. All Eucharistic prayers include this intercession for the dead, just like we read in Scripture. Next, the priest prays, welcome them into the light of your face. Where does that come from? Psalm 31, verse 15. Let thy face shine on thy servant. Next, the priest prays, have mercy on us all, we pray that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages. This comes from Luke chapter 1, verse 42. And why is this granted me, that the Mother of my Lord should come to me? The words of Elizabeth, Mary, the Mother of God. We are asking the saints to intercede for us, this has been done since the time of the apostles. Next, the priest prays, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your son, Jesus Christ. Well, this is Romans chapter 8, verse 16, where we read in the Bible, we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, just like the Eucharistic prayer, co-heirs to eternal life. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. What does the Eucharistic prayer say? We may praise and glorify you through your son, Jesus Christ. Again, the Eucharistic prayer being scriptural. Now we reach the true high point of the Mass what is called the concluding doxology. Here the priest now takes the paten with the consecrated host, the chalice with the blood of Christ, elevates them, 
and says, through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. And you respond, amen. I believe. Now, where does this come from? Romans 11.36. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. It is scriptural. Now, this is the supercharged moment of the Mass. Because at this moment now, it is God offering God to God. God the Holy Spirit is offering God the Son back to God the Father in atonement for our sins and the sins of the whole world. This is the beautiful sacrifice. Now, after the concluding doxology, we enter into the communion rite. Here, the priest and the people pray together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That entire prayer is scriptural from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 15. Now the priest, his hands are up. This is called an Aran's position. Now it is not forbidden for the laity, but it is forbidden for the deacon. So to stay in unity, it should not be used by the laity, but only by the priest. We say our Father because we do not pray alone, but with the whole church and all the saints. Now after the Our Father, the priest prays, Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, that is from Titus chapter 2, verse 13. I bet you didn't know this. The words in the scriptures, awaiting our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The same words we prayed in the Mass. You are praying the Bible. Now, the priest raises his hands and he says, Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. And you respond, Amen. Again, I believe. Now, what is powerful here is this is one of the few prayers that is addressed directly to Jesus rather than the Father, which most of the Mass, again, is a prayer to the Father. Now, where does it come from? John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. So again, scriptural. Next, the priest says, the peace, the of, peace the of the Lord be, be with, with you always. You always. That comes from John 20, 19. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. You respond, and with your spirit. And the priest says, Let us, Let offer, us offer each, each other, other the, sign, the of sign of peace. Now, the kiss of peace, as we call it, is at the discretion of the priest. The first word Jesus spoke to the apostles after he rose from the dead was peace. So, Leave your fear and anxiety. Come to receive our Lord in peace. 
Now we have the fraction right. The priest takes the host and he breaks the host over the chalice to capture any particles and then places it back onto the patent. What he does is take a very small piece, breaks it from the host and places it into the chalice of the precious blood. Now, a small piece put there shows uniting of Christ's body and blood. So as the priest is placing that small piece into the chalice, he quietly says, which you don't hear, may this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. A body without blood is dead. But when Christ's body is now reunited with his blood, he is risen. Now, the beginning of the song or the saying by the people in the church, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Now this comes from John 1, verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The words of John the Baptist in the Bible. In the Bible, the lamb was the principal animal for sacrifice. Again, the priest says quietly that you don't hear, may the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your love and mercy be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Again, you don't hear that. It's a quiet prayer of the priest. Now the priest will elevate the host and the precious blood. Now the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. And then you respond, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the words and my soul shall be healed. That too is scriptural. In Revelation 19.9, we hear, blessed are they who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's why we just said, blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Then after that, we heard the people say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Where does that come from? That is from Matthew chapter 8, verse 8. Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. That's where we get it. Our prayer is the prayer of the centurion. Then the priest says quietly before consuming the host, may the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Then he receives the precious blood and says, may the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life, and he consumes the bread, the wine, which is now the body and blood of Christ. Finally, we receive Holy Communion. It is consummated. Christ the groom enters into you the bride. Bow your head and come forward with tongue open, mouth open for the priest to place the consecrated host onto your tongue. It is not proper 
to put your hand out and your tongue at the same time, which happens often. Now, while the norm is to receive on the tongue, an indult was given in the United States to receive in the hand. But we have to make sure it is done reverently with no particles that we're aware of. Do not wear gloves. Do not be chewing gum. In fact, properly around the world is to receive on the tongue. In Germ 160, that is the general instruction of the Roman Missal, says the norm is to receive standing, but we can kneel. Now, when we finish distributing Holy Communion, which should always be done by the priest, only in extreme cases that an extraordinary minister give Holy Communion. Most of the time it is to be done, if possible, by the priest or the deacon. Once it is finished being distributed, the priest returns to the altar and the priest will purify the vessels by taking any particles from the paten into the chalice, having the server to pour over his hands to make sure any particles are captured of our Lord. And then he says, what has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess impurity of heart, that as what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Again, you do not hear that, but that is what the prayer of the priest is. He purifies the vessels, this being the purificator, with the paten placed above, folding back up the corporal to properly dispose later of any particles, with the corporal placed back into the burse, the pall placed on top of the paten, the chalice veil will be placed back on, with the burse placed back on top again, and return to the server. At this time, Mass will conclude now with the prayer after communion. The priest from the chair with the server in the book or from the altar says, let us pray. Grant, O Lord, we pray that benefiting from participation in heavenly things, we may be helped by what you give in this present age and prepared for the gifts that are eternal. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Now at this time, the priest can do any announcements for the parish community, and he finishes with the greeting and the blessing. So as the mass concludes, we once again hear the priest say, the Lord, the Lord be, be with, with you. you. Now we finish with the concluding rite. So again, we hear once again, the Lord be with you. And now he's in your heart. And you say, with your spirit, and we say, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And again, this is scriptural, Matthew 28, 19. Now we have the dismissal, and the priest says, go in peace. That comes from Luke 7, chapter 7, verse 50 that your faith has saved you, go in peace. And you say, thanks be to God. That too is scriptural, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. 
So we finish by saying, you know, the word we use every day, goodbye, that comes from God be with you. Be, why, be with you. This is beautiful because in the Latin, ite misse est, go. She, the church, is being sent. Mass comes from the word dismissal, missal. And from where we get the word mission. And so the parable of the talents, Jesus said, go and share your gifts, your graces. And you have received an abundance of graces in the mass. Go and share them. The purpose of the mass is you have been transformed into Christ. Now you're being sent out on a mission as apostles. That's what the word apostle means, to be sent. So we finish usually with the St. Michael prayer and then a recessional song and we process out of the parish going to live in the world with the light of Christ. God bless you and remember the beauty of the Mass. Well, there you have it. Obviously not totally complete, but at least a general idea for you of what's happening in the Mass. And that walkthrough of the Mass, we hope, will help you to understand it better so you can love it better. Now, speaking of the Mass, let's go back to our beloved Mother Angelica. Um, my question is, I have a friend who is Christian, and he says that Jesus is not present in the Eucharist. Mm. He says, the Bible tells the truth, and in the Bible it says, do this in remembrance of me. It's just a symbol of remembrance. How do I tell him he's wrong? What Bible is he using? Excuse me? What Bible is he using? Um, uh, Christians, I don't know what Bible they use. He said it's the same one as mine. I, I can't believe that if he says this. Maybe he's got one of these inclusive language things, you know, that they don't know what they're saying. Let me say what it says. It doesn't say the, uh, a symbol. It says a doctrine. And you see, you don't give the Lord much credit for honesty if you don't believe the sixth chapter of John. Why? Our dear Lord, if he was speaking of a symbol, would not injustice allow people to walk away ignorant of truth. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, he is obliged, because he is God, he is obliged to tell me all the truth. Otherwise, how would I be responsible for my actions? How would he judge me? if I didn't have a chance to know the truth. See, he can't, he can't judge my conscience if it's not enlightened. And so if it was a, a, a symbol, like I am the vine, you are the branches, that's obviously a symbol. If we were speaking of a symbol, then he used the wrong words, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Now, when these people left him, if, since he is God, he is the truth and the way and the life, then he would be obliged to say, don't walk away. Let me explain it to you. 
the, on, on a common sense level, and the common sense level is a, a rung to faith. It's an increase. I, common sense would tell me the Lord God who has promised me that he would be the way, the truth, and the life. And he says here, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not draw life from me. And whoever does eat my flesh and drink my blood draws life. So he is the life. I often see the child Jesus during Holy Mass. He is extremely beautiful. He appears to be about one year old. Once, when I saw the same child during Mass in our chapel, I was seized with a violent desire and an irresistible longing to approach the altar and take the child Jesus. At that moment, the child Jesus was standing by me on the side of my kneeler and he leaned with his two little hands against my shoulder, gracious and joyful, his look deep and penetrating. But when the priest broke the host, Jesus was once again on the altar and was broken and consumed by the priest. After Holy Communion, I saw Jesus in the same way in my heart, and I felt him physically in my heart throughout the day, well, thank you again, everybody, for joining us as we've just completed a walkthrough of the entire Mass. Now, if you missed our first two episodes on this, because there's a total of three, please visit us at EWTN.com and go to the On Demand section, and you'll easily find them there. So until next week, we hope you'll join us as we will be talking about a major part of the Mass, the Creed. So we're going to go into even more detail and analyze that prayer line by line so that you can know exactly what you're praying. And until then, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>